Good afternoon, Albuquerque. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to Freedom Speak, where fake news comes to die a painful, horrible death. On Conservative Talk, ABQ, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I'd like to invite you to check out my website at freedomspeakwithbeccamarie.com, where you can listen to my playbacks of any of my previous shows, as well as a lot of useful resources. You can send me your questions and comments and get started advertising by emailing me at beccamarienm at gmail.com. That is B-E-C-C-A-M-A-R-I-N-M at gmail.com. I've got a pack pack show for you today, and I've got some awesome guests along with me today. And uh, the, the news is just is just amazing out there. It's, it's, there's so much. I know we won't even cut, scratch the surface on everything I have. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, starting off, about conspiracy theories. We often hear the left refer to things they disagree with as conspiracy theories. Let's start by defining exactly what the meaning of this phrase actually is. According to Merriam-Webster, a conspiracy theory is defined as the act of conspiring together, an agreement among conspirators, a conspiracy made up of disgruntled aristocrats. It also goes on to say that the definition of a conspiracy theory is a theory that explains an event or set of circumstances as the result of a secret plot by usually powerful conspirators. The conspiracy theories surrounding Kennedy's assassination. Also, a theory asserting that a secret of great importance is being kept from the public. Any of this sounding familiar? is best known for his conspiracy theory that a secret cabal of reptilian humanoids is running the world, or lizard people, maybe in the case of New Mexico. <laughs> Over my approximately year and a half talking with you all on the radio, I have discussed a number of so-called conspiracy theories, all of which have turned out to actually be conspiracies. <clears throat> I recall on my first time on the radio back in 2020, I mentioned the ridiculousness of wearing a mask and how I would never comply. I talked about early on how it was simply a fear tactic and how if you complied, it would be the gateway to even more tyranny. I never did comply, yet most people did. What followed two weeks to flatten the curve turned into over two years of tyranny involving destroying small businesses, massive voter fraud, a fraudulent election, bread lines, a fraudulent impeachment, gulags in Washington, D.C. full of political prisoners, the invasion of our country by millions of illegal aliens, concerned parents being labeled terrorists, forced medical procedures, discussion of vaccine passports slash I call them travel papers, Discrimination of those refusing experimental mental medical treatments. Our freedom and liberty guaranteed by our state and U.S. Constitution has been completely disregarded by our corrupt politicians. Suppression of free speech. Defunding the police. I could go on and on and on. What has happened over the past two years has been absolute insanity. In a quote by Candace Owens, she stated, Comply your way into everlasting health. 
Bathe in a torrent of Purell and surrender yourself to an onslaught of vaccinations. If you merely shut down your business and listen to every edict from a public health tyranny, you will at last be clean. I mentioned early on about spike protein shedding, self-spreading vaccine, graphene oxide. People would be dying from the clot shot and how natural immunity is better. It all turned out to be true. We have seen how the whole Russian collusion thing was a lie, at least concerning President Trump. It seems the real Russian collusion is actually with the Biden crime family. The Hunter Biden laptop story has been true all along, and anybody that was paying attention knew it. We are seeing the systematic destruction of our American culture. People have been turned into frightened germaphobes, and they've been given government handouts for so long now that nobody wants to go back to work. Our American culture is being diluted by millions of foreigners that don't speak English and have no understanding or respect for what it is to be an American. Customer service is a thing of the past. Are you also sick of having to wait on hold for an hour when you call for customer service and are forced to listen to terrible music and hear the message repeated over and over again saying, we apologize for longer than expected hold times. Your call is very important to us. We will be with you as soon as possible. I think there is a good chance this might be because these are all people working from home under no supervision that are supposed to be answering the phone. I want to conclude with some words from an article by Candace Owens. I love Candace Owens. She's awesome. Entitled, The Government Gives Back What Was Rightfully Yours. I won't celebrate until the criminal big pharma cartel leaders that run our government are handcuffed and put in federal prison for executing crimes against humanity and for using fake science to destroy human lives and crush human spirit. When those criminals and the criminals and government agencies are made to suffer in the same way that they've made our children suffer, only then will it be time for celebration. In the meantime, I'll keep fighting until the thugs responsible are put behind bars. I will not rest and neither should you. That just reflects my thoughts so much. It reflects so much of what I've been saying for the last couple of years. So I've got a couple of guests in the studio with me this morning, today, actually this afternoon. And I got another one on the way too. She's running late. But anyway, I've got gubernatorial candidate Rebecca Dow in the studio with me. And for a return visit, I have my good friend Nurse Sharon with me in the studio too. So Rebecca. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Well, thanks for having me on, and it's great to be here with you guys. Um, my name's Rebecca Dow. I'm a daughter of an oil-filled worker who became a preacher, which brought us to Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, when I was 10. So I grew up in TRC. Uh, when I graduated from high school, I went to college at Or Roberts University, where I met my husband, and we've been married 30 years this year. We have two children. Uh, it was during my sophomore year at college. 
the first in my family to get a college degree. And I, I, I was in my sophomore year, we came home and visit my family. And in truth or consequences, we, it was Sunday morning and we were shorthanded in the nursery. So my dad asked me to help in the nursery and, and I did. And I saw families that their children uh, deserve better. So there's a mom with a nine month old who only had coffee in the bottle. The child drank coffee only. So I asked the mom, you breastfeeding or milk? A child drinking me? coffee? Coffee in the bottle. Oh my gosh. Uh, and it, 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 Future nurse. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't chest feeding. So that concerned me. No, I'm just kidding. Breastfeeding. It's breastfeeding, not chest feeding. But anyways, so, you know, I had a conversation with her and another mom came in and her child was having a hard time transitioning. And instead of encouraging them, she was like slapping them and telling them to stop being a brat. And, it, it, and then on the way home, an 18 year old that I had picked up and I would take to children's church was shot and killed in an in a incident at the park. And so my, I just saw my community through a different lens and transferred to online college, moved back to TRC and started opening up faith-based nonprofits, things to help women, uh, mostly minority women, move out of government dependency and into self-sufficiency. So over a 20-year period, that included childcare, home visiting, after-school programs, a Christian school, homeschool co-op, you know, anything, behavioral health clinic, transitional housing, anything to help people who've been in multi-generational poverty, especially in this state where it's right now the equivalent of $50 an hour to stay unemployed. And how do you set a hope and dream? How do you vi visualize something better for yourself and your families? You need help. And so helping them do that and move into self-sufficiency. We need to take that to a statewide le level, but the, the biggest barrier was bureaucracy. Either the bureaucracy that makes it easier to stay dependent on the government, state and federal aid, or the b barriers to opening a business or you know becoming independent and, and moving towards, you know, licensure, ease, ease of licensure. And so um, when my predecessor stepped down from the house, she'd been there for 18 years, I ran for that open seat. And multiple people from the um, Republican party that were in leadership said, you can't run because you're from Truth or Consequences and all the votes are in Silver City. The district is Grant, Hidalgo and Sierra. And uh, you're not minority. You're not, uh, you know, all the things that would make it difficult for me to hold a seat that's 34% Republican. But I ran anyway, because I really believe in, uh, that our families need to be set free from from what I see as, as a, a dependency on state and federal government, but also to have our businesses and our economic potential set free. I believe in school choice, and you know, just mm -hmm. for many reasons. Yeah. And so I ran and I'm in my third term. I just won my third term. My district's 34% Republican, Howie Morales, Stephanie Garcia Richardson, they're from my district and I just won by 57% with a libertarian and with the Democrats and all the progressives, uh, plan, plan Parenthood, George Soros, Michael Bloomberg, multiple unions, you know, all spending big dollars to get me out, unelected bureaucrats filing all sorts of ethics complaints, you know, government's conduct complaints, IPRA's audits, you know, you name it, to try to discredit who I am and what mm -hmm. I do. Uh, and we won big. So, you know, I, there's too much at stake. It's, it's why I got in the race. Uh, I know how hard I'll work. No one will work harder than me. And I know I'm capable of leading. So that's Good. how I got in the race. Well, I'm glad you're here today, Rebecca. Oh, thank you. Yes. Thanks for having me. So Sharon. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, people that haven't heard you before. Absolutely. Um, I'm a registered nurse, originally from New York, originally licensed in the state of New York in 1991. Um, went straight into the ICU after doing a student nurse internship during school, put myself through school, and um, then have been working, gravitating towards cardiac care, cardiac surgery for, it's going to be 31 years, minus about a year and a half of mayhem due to... 
uh, COVID and um, I became a nursing educator at facilities and never got to work in those positions because COVID came along and I was deployed basically back into the ICU situation instead of being right. an educator that I was hired for. And um, they used us like meat um, at a certain facility um, that some of my friends are suing and some of those cases are going to high courts. Anyway, um, after they after people. they were finished using us like meat, right. um, then we were no longer okay without getting an injection for which we probably had natural immunity robust from being forced into situations. Right. So um, my story is basically I've left a couple of places because I knew it was coming. It was being threatened. I, I will not be forced coerced. I will not be bullied. Um, I got paid two weeks worth of salary. Um, when I was leaving a place because I think they understood that I could have sued them for what was going on. I had people surrounding me saying, just bite the bullet, Sharon. And I thought, bullet indeed. Yeah. And, and now we have data coming out. So my, oh, my whole thing is centered today. around bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. uh, it is forced coercion with threat of financial punishment. I put that into a Justia law library and statute cases came up about human trafficking. Statute cases came up about human trafficking. Let me get closer to the mic for yes. that. <laughs> it was disturbing to me. And I yeah. thought, well, this may be an angle to fight some things. Well, the Supreme Court wasn't competent enough to understand that you cannot mandate. They, there was nothing in science from even some of the conservative judges. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Very big mistake on their part. Anyway, they've just crippled the country. There's not enough of us as there is. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am convinced that I have robust natural immunity. I also now have data to back me um, further. I mean, I didn't want something that was emergency use when it was supposedly FDA approved, which it's not. <laughs> no. The verbiage is everything. So mm -hmm. is word salad that they give us. And um, none of the important stuff is on the news, but I'm reading... Pfizer data study that the FDA lost in court and now it has to be released and it will, it's so large, the document, that it won't be finished releasing until um, August. But they are, um, they are ordered to release 55,000 pages every 30 days. Oh, and they wanted to wait for many, many years. And it's coming out and it's that. not good and I'm still seeing commercials yeah. to inject children. Right. Now, they're I don't still, know if that's with Pfizer or with the COVID it. vaccine in right. general. So I have a little bit of a problem with Pfizer and I, I might ask Rebecca a question later about Pfizer. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. because we're here and that's important to me. <laughs> so I wanted to, I'm kind of, I've been, for the past couple of weeks, I've been starting off the show with talking about like things that are in the news just because there's so much happening on a daily basis i saw something this morning on the news that they're talking they these this commission in kenosha wisconsin wanted to memorialize this thug that was involved in trying to ki kill kyle rittenhouse and then of course kyle rittenhouse had to defend himself and the guy ended up dead but they wanted to memorialize him. They wanted to celebrate this, this thug. And it's like, this guy showed up at this commission and is talking to these people. It's like, what are you doing? And he's talking to these guys because these guys are getting ready to cave and go along with this because of pressure. You know, People are, are getting pressured by this woke agenda into, into doing these sort of things. He said, stand up. Stop being such a wimp 
for crying out loud. So they actually were not, this commission was not brave enough to shoot this thing down and say, this is ridiculous. Instead, they said, oh, we're just going to table this for now. It's like, what a bunch of cowards. And, you know, we see this sort of thing happening all the time now. Well, talk about tabling things. They wanted to table the study data for 75 years. And then there was back and forth in court about redaction of, you know, personal PHI. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then they wanted to make it 55 years. And um, the FDA lost in court, which is freaking amazing. Well, yeah. And if you want to find all of the court information, I... I, um, I said the website last time I was here. It's yeah. phmpt.com. Yeah. It has not only the court documents, but the data. Everything is released on that website. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a, a group that's been fighting the uh, FDA for years over other things. Well, we've been lied to about so many things. And I'm sure we've been lied to, a lot of, uh, to about a lot of things for many, many years. It's just that we didn't notice it so much. But the past couple of years has been so blatant about the lies that we've been given, that it's just, uh, it's unbelievable. It's obvious. It's hard, it's hard to know who to trust. I know. It's like, yeah. I used to think that we could trust doctors and hospitals, but over what's happened over the past couple of years, how the doctors and hospitals have obviously been so politicized, I, I, I don't even trust very many doctors anymore. I can speak on that. Not all of them have been politicized. A lot of them have been threatened. You know, my friends, I have nurse practitioner friends, they received letters warning them about spreading misinformation, even though they're reading evidence-based, peer-reviewed articles. It, those were cherry-picked. Studies were cherry-picked. Um, and, and a lot of the physicians are receiving letters. Their, their medical licenses are being threatened. Mm -hmm. It was uploaded to our, you know, licensing thing. So every time I post something, say on Facebook, I put in um, evidence-based data. I quote papers. So yeah. they can't do anything to me because this threat is always there. The VAERS form for the adverse reactions is apparently very, very long. And you know what doctor's offices are like. You can hardly spend time with your patients as mm -hmm. it is, right. right? So you're expected to fill that out, but you're pressured against doing so as well. Yeah. You don't want to be called a quack like Americans frontline doctors. Right. Which I listen to them and every time I listen to them they sound like very rational people they and they're do. trying to find solutions for natural health. Well, and they're making statements based on actually treating patients. Yeah, that's that's what has seemed to be so different in this COVID uh, pandemic. You know, is that, you know, Yep, you have COVID, go home and sit it out versus, you know, what we look at medicine or we look at physicians to do is to help us treat mm -hmm. symptoms and to, to mitigate the impact. Yeah. And instead it's go home and wait it out. or we'll hold it and wait it out until or, it's time to just be intubated. Yeah. Right. Which is when they died. Also, go home and wait it out. When you come back in, we're not going to give you hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, NAC, acetylcysteine, all of these things that have now been proven to have been helpful. And we're finding out all sorts of reasons why they didn't do that now. We have an interesting topic to talk about later on yeah. that involves that, which uh, really, really gets you thinking about a lot of things. And when you were saying you don't know who to trust... So basically this one article I read, and it's with physicians and, and interviews with physicians. I hope I'm not taking over too no, much. No, no. Yeah. Um, they said basically if the CDC, NIH, or FDA says it, you probably want to do the opposite. Right, right, <laughs> and, right. And that, to me that's scary, having been a nurse for 31 years now, and June will be 31 Well, a lot years. of things seem very upside down right now. Everything seems to it's, be... It is, literally feels like we're living in an upside down world. It does. 
And you know, Rebecca, you're very familiar with a lot of biblical things. Like that's totally prophesied. It's it's a it's a crazy time in this world where yeah. we're we're about to find out in November if people want to go back to slavery and they want a king. If you're talking about yeah. like a biblical reference, like yeah. you know, they the, these Egyptians were or the Israelites were slave to the Egyptians and and building and slaving every day and building pyramids and and doing the work on their behalf and they are set free and and we're, you know, moving towards this promised land in this, you know, in the Old Testament stories mm -hmm. and said, we want to go back to Egypt. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're, we're about to find out. I mean, we're, we are. our 245 year Republic, this, this beacon of light and freedom in the world, this experiment, uh, we're about to find out if it can survive. We are, we are. I think this election coming up this year is going to, is going to be very telling on that. I really do believe that. And I think yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's we the people uh, with a leader in each state, each of our 50, uh, we're, we're a union of 50 states standing up and saying no to the federalization of our nation and, and saying no to the delegation of federal intrusion. You know, I had too bad it's not 50 states fighting that, but yeah, well, they don't realize well, what they're we need asking for. 26%. Exactly. <laughs> we need, and it's one governor at a time. Yep. Yeah. That's very true. You know, I was, we need I, more states though. <laughs> yeah, I, we do. I had my, everyone friend, can't move to Texas because I, Texas, you know, right. I mean, they can secede, but, but this is, this is a national agenda, perhaps a global right. agenda. And so, uh, you know, some say, and we've, we've got to take it back one well, state at we, a time. And we saw what happened last time states tried to secede. That was the revolutionary war. Wow. I mean, the, the Civil War, sorry, the Civil War, you know, that's what happened then. But anyway, so I had, I had a, a good friend, uh, Tim McLean, on with me last week, and he's from America's Assembly, and we were talking about this whole thing. Uh, I talk a lot about state sovereignty and, things, and how things have gotten so far off track from the original founding of the country, in which we're supposed to be a union of states, in which the state is above the federal and they flipped everything around, and now they're wanting to federalize everything. Correct. And voting. You, yeah. Federalized voting. Yeah, federalized voting, too. And, you know, and how, how people have been censored so much over the past couple of years, it's just gotten, gotten completely out of control. I mean, Twitter actually booted the President of the United States off their, off their platform. Unbelievable. It's like, who would have thought that could ever Twitter happen? is back. Yeah, I know Twitter is back. Thank I you, think so. Elon. I love you, Elon Musk. I, <laughs> I love do. you. I do too. You know, we're already, he hasn't even officially taken over with Twitter and things are already changing on Twitter. Well, I'm back on. I was banned for life for bullying pedophiles. Really? And child predators that were outwardly all over. Sorry oh, to mention that on the people, radio. You were bullying I know them. that makes people uncomfortable to be, have that mentioned on the radio, but if adults can't handle it, who's going to protect the kids? That's right. Yeah. That's and, right. you know, Rebecca and I were having an interesting conversation uh, before the show started, and we got into talking a little bit about education and children and things like that. And I found an interesting article on the Daily Caller, and you've heard this thing with the, um, with the math, the math books in Florida, in which DeSantis was, threw, threw a bunch of these math books out and said, well, these have... CRT in them. And it's like, I, I'm watching on social media, I'm watching these arguments go around on social media in which these people are saying, oh, well, you know, these Republicans, they're censoring and they're burning the books and things like that. It's like, no, we're simply deciding what is appropriate for our children. Parents are deciding what's appropriate for their children. Now, I found if you're, if you're curious about the kind of things that are in these so-called math books, okay, in which they're, they're, they're jamming this, this woke agenda 
propaganda and the CRT and all this other garbage down the throats of our children, which are incredibly impressionable. I understand quite a bit about math. As I've said before, I have an engineering degree, so I have an education in high math. I understand calculus, algebra, all of that stuff. So I looked at a couple of these sample problems. These are what, they're like word problems, where you, you take a, a math problem and you make it into a sentence and you, and you, you know, you put it in like a, a, an actual situation. Okay, so they've got this couple of examples. They've got this one math problem in which it's y equals x plus 2, and then 3x plus 6y equals 12. Well, somehow, they put this into a word problem which reads, Angelo was sexually abused by her mother's blank at age eight, which shaped her career choices and motivation for writing. How does that in any way relate to the math problem which I just, that I just told you? And the answers to this math problem, okay, they have in parentheses, zero, dash two, four, dash six, minus three, minus one, which are the numerical answers to the problem. But yet, the word, pro the word thing, it makes no sense, has no relevance to the actual math problem at all. And then next to these numbers, they have answers of boyfriend, brother, father. How does that make any sense? How, does that make any sense to either one of you? No. Do you it, see it, the relevance? I don't. I don't, I don't see the relevance. Well, it's no. leading. If you were in a courtroom, they'd say leading. Yeah. You think? Yes. Yeah. Here's the one it's I like the best. Propagandist answers. Yeah. Yes. Here's the one I like the best. <laughs> X equals Y minus 1. Y equals minus 4X plus 21. And the word problem associated with that is trying to support her son as a single mother. She worked as a pimp, prostitute, and blank. Well, that kind of reminds me of more of a, a lead-up to a joke in a, in a comedy club with some kind of adult joke where, where you might say, uh, yeah, well, there was a pimp, a prostitute, and a pole dancer. They all walk into a bar. You know, the lead-up to a joke. And then, but the answers to this problem are A, minus 3, minus 2, bookie, <laughs> B, <laughs> minus 9 and 10, drug dealer, C, four, five, nightclub dancer. This is unbelievable. Is this, it's, it, it, reminds this is me of a, it reminds me of a word problem my nephew had. Uh, he was with us for Thanksgiving, and it, this is a couple years back, and I, I don't, this is, this is a paraphrase of the problem, but I remember distinctly that the owner of the farm was an American citizen, and his gross income was X, and he had a, a, an... Anglo name. The farm worker who was a seasonal worker had a Hispanic name and he made significantly less. What was the difference in their income? Was it fair and how would you fix it? And that was a word problem. Right. Uh, for math. At it was, least it, was it makes also a math. little bit of sense, but it's, it's obviously it, injecting a whole lot of woke culture. Into right. The I mean, question. like, so th it, it's not objective. Yeah. Uh, it's not objective history. It's not objective. Uh, economy, because if I were the teacher from my worldview, I would talk about how the American dream is alive and well, and anyone, regardless of their circumstances, if they're willing to work hard enough, can achieve success. And so um, the migrant seasonal worker could be seeking nationalization and saving money to buy a farm. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't, it makes an assumption that this, you know, Anglo farm owner, uh, it, somehow was entitled to this yeah. versus, 
you know, they're the first, it's, you know, they're first in their family to, to own a business and they're, you know, how much work they put into it and what their liability insurance was, or is this gross income or net income? But why would it even, why is that even relevant for a middle school right. math problem? Right. So you true. know, so here's the, the injection of. They're planting uh, seeds of, you know, yeah. vict both victimhood and uh, that, that these other kids, anyone who's white is an oppressor. And, and it's, it's sad because wrong. I mean, especially in New Mexico where we've been, one of the most shut down states, our education system, and the research is showing that that's resulted in some of the highest learning loss in the nation in math and reading. And then you look at um, the self-surveys that students are taking, and what we know, homicide doubled with our children over the last two years, the suicide rate doubled, they are self-harming, they're more medicated than they've ever been, they're socially isolated, they're uncertain about their themselves and their future, and so now we're gonna tell them that based on a race, they don't choose a gender, they don't choose, that they are systemically oppressed or oppressors. Mm -hmm. That is the last thing our children need to know. They need to know that they can achieve anything they dream. Right. That that there's hope and there's healing, and, it's, and, and that the world is their oyster, you know, yeah. <laughs> and our ceiling, is their floor. Yeah. It's it's really heartbreaking. And, and on it's top it's, of those things which are backed by statistics that the news doesn't talk about what the lockdowns did. Um, and also it forced kids that would have been in a classroom into an online forum on electronic devices. And a lot of times the parents, you know, are not there. Um, so you have them on the computer and devices more often at very young ages and they're being left alone. Mm -hmm. It's not good. No. Not it's not good. And a lot of the, you know, it depends on the district, but a lot of those filters, you know, they look at things like you're alluding to pornography and certain types of literature as free speech. And so not all filters are the same. So ladies, we're, it's time for a short break and okay. we'll be right back uh, right after this. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband and wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, -on -one, beginner and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at Perkins Protection training.com. Agave Builders is a family and veteran-owned, licensed, and insured GB98 construction company. I'm Michael Eustace, along with partner Ron Lucero. We specialize in helping disabled veterans obtain grants through the VA and nonprofit companies to remodel their homes. We can also handle all of your building needs, from small jobs to commercial buildings. We are also a premier American walk-in tub dealer. Call us at 505-385-6680. Also find us at agavebuildersnn.com and follow us on Facebook. Looking for hard-to-find used car or truck parts? Looking for honest general mechanics work at affordable prices? Call my friend Joe at Southwest Auto Recyclers. Serving New Mexico for 30 years, veteran-owned and operated at 4025 Broadway Boulevard, Southeast in Albuquerque. Call 505-877-3331. 505-877-3331. 
Ribs Barbecue in Cedar Crest, New Mexico believes all positive things derive from freedom, liberty, and choice. Ribs is the conduit for heroes just like you. Go to ribsbbq.com and find carnivore contraband to support the fight against the crony global elitist. Ribsbbq.com. everybody i'm becca marie you are listening to freedom speak on albuquerque's conservative talk kdaz 96.9 fm 700 am and listen from anywhere at conservative talk abq.com if you'd like to interact with me until the show goes live which will be soon i promise you you can email me at becca marie nm at gmail.com and i'm sitting here with uh, mayor or gubernatorial that's a tough word to say gubernatorial candidate Rebecca Dow and my good friend Sharon the nurse and we're just talking about things that are currently in the news right now and there's so much going on right now I noticed an interesting thing uh, in the news about Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas he is wanting to create a disinformation governments governance board now to me, that sounds an awful lot like I, I at one point in time on one of my shows, I was talking about the, the book 1984. And in 1984, there was the Ministry of Truth. I think they should just go right on and just call it the Ministry of Truth and just be really honest about what they're wanting to do. Because what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to do censorship. The government wants to control the information that we all see. They want to be able to shape the narrative. And, and I've been seeing people complaining about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Oh, well, it's just, it's not right for one person to own Twitter because he'll just, he'll be making things the way he wants them to be. And it's like, no, what, from what I've seen so far, what Elon Musk wants to do is he wants to bring free speech back to Twitter. And a couple of things that he wants to do, which I believe are very, very good, that has been a problem with Twitter for as long as I can remember, is Twitter has had a lot of bots on Twitter. Things that are not real people that are on there pumping up the numbers for an opinion to make it look like it has a big following when in fact it really don't. Those are purchased. Yeah. So what he wants to do is he's going to get rid of all the bots off Twitter. It's going to eliminate the bots. And another thing he's going to do is he's going to verify that the people that sign up on Twitter are actual people. I think that's completely reasonable. You know, free speech, verify that everybody that's on there is real people and get rid of the bots. I, I think that's fantastic. And we're already seeing a change on Twitter since Elon basically is going to be taking over, and he hasn't even officially taken over well, yet. Well, people were allowed back on, and then if they had like 6,000 followers, because their followers were being vacuumed up and disappeared, and now they have gained like 100,000 followers in a couple of days back and everything else, so it is really turning around. You need to be closer, Sharon. Okay. Yeah, yeah, you're too far off. Anyway, um, so let's see, what else? There is, oh, okay, here's a good one that I saw. There was uh, this Dr. Oz being a candidate. Now, I agree with probably 99% of the things that Trump 
does. I agree with 99% of the people he endorses. I am a little bit skeptical about Dr. Oz. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. You had an opinion on that? Oh, okay. No, well, go ahead. Dr. Oz comes from the sister hospital I used to work at in New York. So New York Hospital Cornell Weill Medical Center merged later on to be called New York Presbyterian with Columbia Presbyterian on the Upper West Side. The two mm -hmm. hospitals converged. I will speak freely and say that the cardiac surgeons I work with in New York hospitals kind of looked at Dr. Oz like a little bit of a quack in the beginning because he was into the more holistic stuff. And, yeah. he, and, and actually, Dr. Oz has done some great work in that realm. I haven't paid attention to him in a couple of years, but um, he was a cardiac surgeon. And he moved into this different realm. I guess he found it more fulfilling and perhaps more lucrative. But he also became part of the Hollywood scene. And yeah. that's why, that's where I, you know, uh, stopped kind of listening to him for a while and some of the people he was aligning himself with. But I, I haven't caught up lately, and I'm happy to hear this, that um, Trump is endorsing him and he's running for... What you is know, he I'm for? not sure which okay. office he's running for. Well, I, I know of him of very that. well yeah. because he was a cardiac so, surgeon at so Columbia So do you think he's a conservative? I, I mean, he's done things on his uh, on his column that well, he co. Well, even some of the people that aren't conservative are speaking out now. They are. Um, there, so. there was a column that he co-authors with another gentleman, and he's trying to distance himself from that. Even though there were some th some things on there that are really counter to him being saying that he's conservative, and then he tried to say, "Well, no, that was the other guy that said that stuff." But yet there are there is proof on there that shows that yes, he was an active participant in that column right up until he announced that he was running. So, right. so sounds like a Gemini. I'm just. <laughs> I've tried to date some Geminis. They're impossible because they're just crazy. They really are. Yeah, so uh, the duplicitousness <laughs> is another red flag. The Hollywood connections, the duplicitousness, yeah. that's what I never trust. But when he's delivering stuff for patients that's evidence-based and holistic, I, uh -huh. can't, I can get behind that. I'm good with that, yeah, for sure. Hey, uh, Michelle, why don't you play clip two for me? I've got a little clip here from one of Dr. Oz's shows. The 45th president of the United States, Donald Trump, on Saturday endorsing Dr. Mehmet Oz in the Pennsylvania Senate race. Like I've been saying, Dr. Oz is the America First candidate, strong on the border, strong on energy independence, tough on crime, believes in law and order, supports the right to life. He follows the science on COVID, wants to fire Fauci. You have my endorsement and look forward to, uh, let's see what happens. I think it's May 17th, early voting starting this week. Huh, that wasn't the clip that I was hoping for. Hmm. There was no, that one. was Hannity, wasn't it? That was. That was that was one <laughs> of my clips, but it's like there was a clip I had in which it was from the Dr. Oz show in which he was uh, promoting red flag laws. Do you got it? Okay, here, we'll just play that. Okay, go ahead. We're back investigating the big question. How do we keep guns out of the wrong person's hands? The nation's biggest retailers are starting to take action. Walmart plans to stop selling types of ammunition for handguns and military-style weapons. And other retailers like CVS are changing their policies for openly carrying guns in their stores. Another thing that may help protect you and your family are red flag laws, which can stop down more mass shootings according to new research. Joining us now are experts who've been at the forefront of these red flag laws. Legal analyst Amy Swearer and adolescent psychologist Stacey Meister. So Amy, it can vary from state to okay, state, but generally how do these... Now, to me, that sounds like him promoting red flag laws. 
it, 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 I mean, his show is about it, and, he, and it sounded like he was promoting them to me. He's trying to pass it off, saying that his guests were promoting it, and he was, but no, it sounded an awful lot like he was promoting it to me, and then he was bringing on guests that went along with it. I, I don't really know. And then the thing with Hannity also endorsing Dr. Oz, I, I have not been a Hannity fan for quite a while, and let me tell you why. He was making statements back when when all of this stuff was going, and and I talked about you know the DC gulags, couple couple weeks ago, and was talking about how the FBI stormed this guy's house that had simply been present at the January 6th event at the Capitol. And they came to his house. They drug him out of bed in the middle of the night. They shoved him up against the car. They hit him. Uh, they, they beat him. They treated him really, really horribly. Okay, now, aren't we supposed to be pre presumed innocent until proven guilty? Well, there were certain laws... I think the NDAA Act signed by Obama that primed for such a thing. Mm -hmm. so, so the problem I have with Hannity and is that when all of this stuff was happening with the FBI and they were really, really, they, they were breaking people's doors down in the middle of the night that were, were not even suspected of any kind of violent crime, he, he, he passed it off as saying, oh, well, you know, I blame the people at the top. I, I don't blame the rank and file. I remember him using that exact term, saying, oh, well, you know, the rank and file, they're not responsible. Yes, they are. They are responsible. If you go along with it, you're responsible. You, can always, you always have a choice. You can always say, no, I don't agree with this. I'm not, this goes against my oath. People are assumed innocent until proven guilty. And no, I'm not going to go along with this. So do I blame the rank and file? Yes, I do. I blame the rank and file. I blame the leadership. I blame all of them that are going along with it. And I talked about the horrible way in which this guy was treated, which is which was in a D.C. gulag for a while, and he luckily got out. But what happened to him in the D.C. gulag, the people that are running these gulags, I blame them too because of the way that they're treating people that are in there. Well, they had to keep them isolated and beaten down because they had witnessed the murder of another protester in the, the closed alley Yeah. by an African-American female police officer beaten to death. There was another female. Mm -hmm. Never a mention of her. They have all the stories. I've heard the stories. Right, and what about the... They were all begging for her life. They were begging to be allowed to help her. Yeah. And what about, I mean, we just have an African-American Border Patrol agent who drowned in, in, in trying to save what I guess ended up being criminals, you know, drug cartel, trying to cross the border. Where's that in the news? Right. You know, I, I've been Never. talking about lately how I signed up. Do you, do you ever watch OAN, Rebecca? Yeah, I've been on there quite a few I times. I love OAN. Oh, I really yeah. do. It's, I, I, I signed up for it recently because I, I had been watching other cable news sources that are, uh, you know, supposedly supposedly conservative. But the one thing I got really, really sick of is I got sick of having the COVID propaganda shoved down my throat. Every time I would watch, it would be, it would, I'd launch the app and I'd have the COVID propaganda shoved down my throat. And, you know, even, I was even, this morning, I was even watching one of your speeches on Facebook. And I think just because you mentioned the word COVID on your post on Facebook, 
Facebook stuck in their little propaganda. Mm-hmm. Oh, go here and learn how to get the... I'm not, I'm not going to call it the vax. I call it the clot shot because yeah. that's exactly what it is. That happens a lot. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yesterday was we had Legislative Education Study Committee, which mm-hmm. they were rolling out the social study standards. It was the first time in two years that I'd been allowed to go to an interim committee. I'm, I am a volunteer representative coming from Truth or Consequences representing Grant, Hidalgo, and Sierra County, traveling to Sierra County to be the voice of my district. And I could not do that without a mask. During the legislative session, the 30-day session, Representative Baldonado, who's from Las Lunas, he was social distanced. The back row has easy six feet between people. And he had his mask off and he was removed from the house floor. This is an elected state representative right. who's been sent to be the voice in a place where that's been locked down, shut down. We can't even represent our district without being subjected to a cloth mask that the CDC today says doesn't work on our face to speak on behalf of our district. Well, and I don't know how this governor expects people who can't get into the roundhouse without a vaccine card to pay state taxes. We're not being represented. No. Well, and, and, and like what you were saying, Rebecca, I don't know how, how is that even constitutional? Isn't there, I, I plan to do a little bit more studying on the state constitution. I haven't got around to doing that yet. But isn't it unconstitutional to prevent a duly elected representative of the people from doing their job? Right. Well, you know, when they passed the rule that you had to have the vaccination card go through a TSA style machine, you know, to, to get, to go through when they did that through rules, it was, it was, I think there was six people who voted or maybe there was nine, but Republicans voted against it and the Democrats voted for it in a rules committee. Uh, they said no mace, no tasers, no pocket knives. Hmm. I'm like, so women, I'm traveling from truth or consequences to the Capitol. And, and, and this is as a legislator and we're not even talking about the public coming and, and having no way to defend ourselves traveling through the mo- one of the most dangerous cities in the state and then walking from a parking lot to the Capitol mm-hmm. to, to speak freely, if you can speak freely, and then to get there and then the, the committee member says, oh, we're not going to do public comment today or we're, we're going to limit it to one minute. But like I, I'm arguing in this rules committee, well, wh- how they no deadly weapon. And so I, we, we were able to get it to where someone from the public could carry mace or carry a taser or carrying a certain type of pocket knife. Uh, but, you know, we, we had to call over and over again because, you know, one of my ranchers was coming up to testify and he said, you know, they took, took my pocket knife. And I'm like, they're not supposed to be taking pocket knives. So then we had to define what length of a blade and what type of pocket knife. It was, it was ridiculous. Oh, my God. Speaker and mace e- is legal? This is new to me. <laughs> Yeah, you could have mace, but well, we got an exemption. I mean, lethal. Lethal. Oh, exactly. So they're like, they had to change the definition. And I said, what is lethal? And so then they made an exception for mace, taser, certain type of pocket knives. And, but, but Brian Egoff, the speaker of the house, well, when we were discussing, I was saying, hey, look, one of my ranchers, I just took a, anytime I can, I'll take a point of personal privilege because the bills that we're introducing to try to limit the power of the governor and bring freedom back to stop vaccination mandates, we don't get hearings. And so, you know, I'll take a personal point of privilege and say, I have a rancher who just came, who's trying to come and testify and his pocket knife was confiscated. I thought that wasn't going to happen. And he's like, we got to make a definition on the length of the pocket knife. But he was dressed, he's Scottish. He was dressed in a kilt that day. And he brought me up to the, his, the speaker's table and showed me the knife that was in his uh, outfit. 
And so, you know, there's always exceptions. It was for yeah. you, not me. And um, they, they couldn't uh, apply that to the legislators, at least uh, as far as carrying weapons or having a vaccination or participate. They couldn't stop us. But he certainly applied the mask on the House floor. I mean, he, he had people removed if they took him off. Wow. Well, you know how I mentioned in my intro how, how our, our constitutional rights have just been trampled all over. And, and what you just said, Rebecca, just to me, gives me an example of numerous constitutional rights being trampled just all over the place. Number one, your right to defend yourself. The, there's the U.S. Constitution, the Second Amendment, which, which st clearly states, shall not be infringed. And it's not talking about just guns. It's talking about any form of weapon for self-defense. And the New Mexico Constitution has an even stronger defense of, of personal protection. Yes. Right to bear arms. Absolutely, it so, does. So whether it's mace or it's a pocket knife or if it's a gun or whatever it is, that is... An arm. That I, is a right to bear arms. Yeah, I was on a different radio interview, a little bit uh, left-leaning, and they said, you, you talk about rhetoric all the time when you mm -hmm. say that, that you believe that our constitutional republic is divinely inspired. God didn't give you the right to bear arms. I'm like, <laughs> you know, yes, divinely inspired, meaning they were prayerful and considerate and careful about creating our republic and intentional about the fact that we should be able to defend ourselves from those who intend harm. And so... It's really interesting to see people interpret what is clear, clear in the Constitution and the New Mexico and U.S. Constitution is something different than what it is. Very it's true. more upside down world. And believing that, you know, you can just override the Constitution to um, mandate people under emergency, you know, how long does the emergency last? And, right. And where is that written? Right. But, Biden, but Biden didn't even, he's not even pretending like he's disregarding rule of law. I mean, no. one day he doesn't have the legal right to do that. The next day he's going to do it anyway. And we'll just wait it out in the courts. I mean, I, I visited a, a business recently uh, that said, you know, they were, they served alcohol and they said, this was our speakeasy room. You know, we never closed. And, and this was the secret room where people, people gathered. And I was like, well, I was part of an underground church. So, I mean, these, this is happening in the year 2020, 2022 mm -hmm. in the United States of America, in the state of New Mexico. Oh, yeah, we had speakeasies over the past couple of years. We had a speakeasy up in Santa Fe at a, a place called About the Music. Oh, and unfortunately, the owner of that facility passed away. And so now we no longer have that place. But when all of this lockdown stuff was going on and they wouldn't let us get together, they wouldn't, you know, the bars were all closed, the clubs were all closed, all the places Abortion where clinics get, were open. Oh, oh, yeah, those got to stay open, absolutely. Those are essential, yeah. So, uh, but... But we had because fetuses can't vote and they can't vote left. Yeah, yeah. But we had a speakeasy <laughs> up in Santa Fe, and it's like we'd get together for dances up there. Mm -hmm. We'd bring, oh, we'd bring potluck uh, food. We'd bring drinks. We'd have music. We'd have a band playing. We had that going on in 2020. We were up there having a well, speakeasy. You know how Facebook censors us? I see the, um, I see executive orders as censorship. You don't have to go through Congress. You're just, it's tyranny, but it's also it censorship because yeah. no one gets to speak on it. It's just no. suddenly the law. 
And, I uh, think the best way to limit the governor's powers and to get those executive orders, I mean, the, the emergency order ability to change is to elect a Republican governor. So, you know, it's another reason to vote Republican, even if you're Democrat. If you're tired of, of one party having all the power and the governor, you know, getting away with this, uh, elect a Republican governor because all those Democrats would limit the power immediately. Yes, they would. <laughs> They, they would. would. They really would. Yeah. Now, do you typically, as a Republican representative, vote down the party line, or do you, I, you know, vote with the liberals? I think I. I think I'm. My record right now is about a 78 percent conservative vote record. I have a soft spot for vulnerable populations, and so it's difficult for me. And I do believe that these all the solutions are in the local community, but we are in a place where when where government is filling a role that I think communities and churches and families should be filling. And so it's, you know, I, I vote for veterans programs. I vote for senior citizens programs. I vote for ch programs for vulnerable populations. And I guess in the world, real pure, you know, libertarian world, that's considered moderate. Uh, but I've never voted for a tax increase, never voted against oil and gas, never voted against our constitutional rights. I defend life and liberty and uh, the American dream. And so I, I'm a conservative and it's, and can I, yeah. May I ask you, yeah. as an unvaccinated nurse, mm -hmm. what is your current platform and stance on the vaccine mandates yeah, for I, people in general? In general, I'm I'm against vaccine mandates even before COVID. I mean, when you look at what's happening with the autism spectrum in this nation, I think that parents are the primary educator. They are in charge of making their children's health decisions. And even prior to COVID, I believe in religious, medical, and conscientious ob objections to medical treatment. And so it is easy for me to sign on to bills that say that vaccination mandates cannot be a condition of travel, a condition of employment, a condition of enrollment in school and um, in, in work. So that's an easy one for me even before COVID. Okay, that's great. And so as far as like this data coming out also about, you know, the people who have been vaccinated do have to worry about some of this data that's coming out and they're pushing it towards kids. I mean, you know, it's coming out from Pfizer. And I know that, you know, in your 2020 election, you did take money from Pfizer. And how do you feel about <laughs> Pfizer at this point? You know, I mean, yeah. I don't like any, uh, in general for myself, uh, I've, more of my life I've been uninsured than insured. I believe in alternative medicine. I believe in holistic medicine. And Pfizer, I don't appreciate what's happening with COVID in this entire process. And billionaires have been made over this. Billionaires, while small businesses have been shuttered forever. But that doesn't uh, negate the fact that they have all sorts of antibiotics like penicillin or that they sell vitamins, like you mentioned, vitamin D or you know vitamin C or zinc or... or any uh, Advil or Viagra. I think they sell Viagra. I mean, like <laughs> anti-inflammatory treatments and things that reduce bad blood pressure. And so, I mean, it, I think they gave me what, like $250 or something like that. I served on health and education for a while. And most of us that serve on the health and education committee get small, well, Republicans for sure get small donations from MCOs and, and from pharmaceutical companies and they've not bought my vote. So uh, I'm not I supporting see. this initiative. So yeah. Good. You know, that was uh, one thing that, because I've got a list of questions I wanted to include to ask you while you're here. By sure. the way, how much longer do you have? I, what do we have until it's, like... It's, it's like 10, 10 o'clock yeah, now? Yeah, we're good. You're yeah. here a while? Okay. So, 
Anyway, so one thing that I believe happens so often, and it's like you were talking about uh, how I was talking about actually last week how there's this whole economy that's built up around COVID and people are making billions of dollars off of this thing and they don't want it to end for that very reason. The drug companies, Pfizer, things like that, they're making huge amounts of money off of this pandemic. I'm going to call it a pandemic because it's, it's, it's not as it seems. And but they're making billions of dollars off of it, and they're not in any hurry for this to end. As a matter of fact, they would like to boost you into infinity if they could just keep selling this stuff. And even though it's killing people, it doesn't matter because there is so much greed going on and so much money changing hands that the people that are dying from this so-called vaccine, which I don't call a vaccine, they don't care. They don't care. There's well, it's so much interesting money. to me that this emergency, I don't believe that the emergency health order will end as long as Michelle Yvonne Grisham is governor. No, I don't either. Even if, if she, she'll do it for six more years if she gets the opportunity because she's using the emergency health orders for these sole source contracts, these emergency contracts that are totaling over half a billion dollars. It's It's got to be past half a billion dollars now, but I, I don't know what it is annually. And it's contracts for COVID testing, COVID vaccinations, you know, all these things to people... Uh, people that, that are in her favor. And so I was in Dulce, which is near the Hickoria, um, at, on Easter Sunday, and a father was telling me that right now, today, in Dulce, in the middle of basketball games, students and families and participants are being tested. They're, they're getting COVID tests in the middle, and they're still wearing masks in the Navajo Nation. Is it each, the PCR test they're using? I, I, I didn't ask what test it okay. was, but I mean, that test, New Mexico is one of the few states that's still using it, even though mm -hmm. the CDC says it doesn't work. Right, It's it not don't. accurate, and it's not differentiating between the flu and COVID, correct? Right. But we're still using it, and... Um, and it has to be a money thing at this point. Mm -hmm. It is. You know, we talked about this uh, with a friend of mine, Michael, that's uh, Michael Eustace, which is also a candidate that's running for uh, county commissioner. He was talking about this. And you know how they've been sending out these COVID test kits to everybody? I've got like four of them at home. I, I will never mm -hmm. take a test ever. But... He just, he won't either. But he took these tests and he just went around and sampled things around in his house. He, he sampled some of his tap water. He, ta he sampled, uh, I think, some poo from his cat box. Um, just various different things and sent them all in. They all came back positive. <laughs> so it really, really makes you wonder what is really on those swabs is like, is it the swab that's infecting people? Because if they come up positive, then that, and with something that should definitely not test positive, that kind of makes you wonder how they're testing positive, right? Well, the man who originally made these and then spoke out about it, not really being definitive of COVID and all of that, he's now gone. Yeah. These people just, they you end know, up disappearing. Call it a conspiracy, dying. but they're, you know. Yeah. Fairly young man. I forget his name. There's just so much information, but. Uh, yeah. That's very spooky. So we're approaching the end of the first hour. See, it goes fast, don't it, Rebecca? I told you. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in the second hour, I've got a really fascinating topic that we've been doing a little bit of research on, and it's, and it's something that just started being talked about. And, you know, I've, like I mentioned in my open, I've talked about a lot of things in the past that we're just, we're just starting to find out information about, and they all turned out to be true. And so, anyway, so we're going to take a break, and we'll be back, and then we're going to talk about snake venom and COVID. We'll be right back. <laughs> 